How can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got I to gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is beer! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Welcome in to episode 56 of Booze and Baseball with Dusty Baker. I am Derek Johnson. Our throwback and chug stat of the week. May 26, 1976, the Chicago White Sox beat the LA Angels 1-0 in 11 innings. Don Kirkwood, poor Don Kirkwood, goes 11 strong as the pitcher. Gives up just seven hits, three walks, so a sub one whip, just one run allowed. He had eight strikeouts, did everything right, but he still gets the loss. Meanwhile, the winning pitcher also goes double-digit innings. Ken Brett, 10 innings of two-hit ball with three strikeouts, no runs allowed. That seems, do you think we're ever going to see a starting pitcher go double-digit innings again at this point? I, I have a hard time seeing that ever happen. If, if it's going to happen, you got to imagine it's going to be one of the older names, like a Justin Verlander, I could see, like if the pitch Max doctor, Scherzer yeah, with Buck Showalter is the manager. Exactly. Scherzer or Verlander may be the only guys I think that could ever pull that at this point in time. And, and from that on, I, I really do agree. I don't think we're ever going to see it happen. Uh, the only other time you see it happen is maybe a no-no where the pitch count's under, like, 90. Um, that is really the only way that I see that happening. So, yeah, it's crazy to look back on that. It also shows you just how dumb the win category is for starting pitchers. And so from a fantasy standpoint, you know, if you're stuck in those quality start, you know, leagues, you don't cry about it because your pitcher may get you a quality start and still get a lot. So at least you get something positive, right? Um, especially this year when quality starts seem to be something difficult to come across. Well, Dusty, what are you drinking on this episode of BNB? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've had this brand before, but not this particular beer. It's called Cali Squeeze. Um, I've had their mango flavor. I really liked it a lot. Uh, this is their tropical pog. Um, and so uh, this is a first for me. You can hear that little crack. Mm-hmm. And pog good. stands for passion orange guava, which is very good. Yeah, I, uh, I taste the passion of the guava, really. It's, it's how I see it. No, that's really good. Um, to me, actually, that is a really good aftertaste. Um, it's not too hoppy, which I really like. I'm not a big hops guy. This is a solid double for me. This is a, since there's no hops in it, this is not even a one hop off the wall. This is actually just straight up off the wall double. So, uh, yeah, this is pretty good. So we didn't plan this, but I basically have something similar. It's So I've had the Golden Road. I did the uh, melon cart. A lot of people know the mango cart from Golden Road Brewing. This is the guava cart. 
And it's, yeah, it's wheat ale with guava and passion fruit. So I have, I I don't have the orange in the pog, but I have the the P and the G. I feel like we have to cheers on this one. So here's to, uh, we're we're cheersing right now. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to the guava. It's very guava-y. Guava-y. Is it a double? Um, no, I don't think so. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty good. I just. I don't know how to describe the taste of guava. You either know it or you don't. Um, but yeah, it's, Fair. I don't know. I, I wouldn't quite give it a double, but what would you give yours? I, I'm saying mine, honestly, I could sip on this. Uh, summertime's coming up. Uh, I'm going to the river in Colorado soon. And this actually might be the kind of thing that I would want to have. The only problem is it's Cali squeeze. So I think I'd have a really hard time finding that in Colorado. But uh, yeah, I, I really like this actually a lot. This is probably one of my favorite drinks that I've had on this show. I would compare mine as like a a sliding catch in the outfield that you just had a bad read on to start and you ended up sliding to catch it. And it's like, well, that was kind of cool. Is it a play that could end up on like SportsCenter top 10? But, you know, let's also not do that again where we get a bad jump on the outfield. Like, I don't think I'm going to have another one of these. But it's, you know, it's solid. It, it's exciting for the taste buds. Uh, so our season-long beer pong. Um, you hit one of two cups again last week. So far, we've gone back and forth. Nobody's hit multiple cups yet. You got a little uh, sassy with it. You hit the Blue Jays over the Reds, but you tried to call the sweep with the Brewers over the Nats. They only won two of three, so that's a missed cup on the bounce attempt. Uh, so I get two tries now. I'm down to having eight cups on my side. You have nine cups on yours. I'm going to go San Francisco at Cincinnati. I think they figured some things out in the last two games against the Mets. Reds are not good. Uh, and then I'm going to go San Diego against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, not good. San Diego's flying high. I also like that San Diego is going to be pitching Sean Manaya, Joe Musgrove, and Mackenzie Gore. And those are my two picks. So are you going with a sweep? No, I am not. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay, well, that's a bummer. I will probably not get ball- the, the balls back next week. But You never know. The Pirates beat the Dodgers. Weird things happen. Weird things do happen. Weird things do happen. All right. Well, I'm not going to be any bigger of a fan than the Pirates this week and the Reds this week. I feel like I'm I, – now I feel the pain of those two fan bases. That really sucks. I was going to say, saying that is just torture uh, incarnate. Um, so, on today's show, we're about a quarter way through the season. We've hit the 40-game mark, and – uh, in the case of Royals GM, Dayton Moore, he always mentions that that's a, a point that you can, you know, start realizing that, okay, maybe the sample size isn't ultra small. Now let's start taking into account some of those things. Now that hasn't worked too well for the Royals. But nonetheless, we have our preseason predictions and our betting picks for who's going to win these divisions and certain bets you like over under win totals. There's not updated win totals anymore. But we're going to go through this and, and see where we went right, where we went wrong. And you have the ability, if you want, to add any bets. You can add on, a, you know, a hedge. If you can double down, if you like where you're at with somebody, and maybe they have even better odds or similar odds, and you want to win even more. And a reminder how this works: at the end of the season, we're going to calculate all this stuff. If you are, you know, plus a thousand dollars, so to speak. Essentially, these are all drinks. If you're plus ten drinks, and I'm plus five drinks, then I owe five drinks. From you. So uh, let's just dive right into it. Starting in the AL East, you picked Boston to win the World Series. You got them at really good odds, plus 550. You also took the over on them at 85 and a half wins. Now, again, you can't really hedge that. Um, but are you going to add a new bet to the AL East with the way the Red Sox have struggled, though they have picked it up of late? 
You know, I had said in the last podcast that I trusted the Red Sox would be that second-half team, and I actually feel like what we're seeing from them the past week or so, they're showing what they're actually capable of. Do I think that they're going to win the division? No. I, I, I'm starting to think that that's basically the Yankees to lose. So with that in mind, I think the Red Sox still are going to make the playoffs, but I will change it. I will hedge, if you will, and I will go with New York at this time. So New York is sitting at a minus 215 at the moment. So you'll hedge with that. If you really wanted to double down on, on Boston, you could get them at a 22 to 1 at this moment in time. Now, you said you still think that Boston is going to make the playoffs, though. And uh, you can still get them on a live line to make the playoffs if you want to. Um, but I, I don't know if that's something you want to double down on because that is something have. I would, I would go at. What, what are those odds? I can't even find them on here anymore. I couldn't find them myself. So I feel, I feel like they, they take them off when there's still games that are in progress. And then overnight that shifts, um, at the time of recording, we're doing that when there's still games going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would take Boston to make the playoffs. I still think that that is, that lineup is way too potent, Derek. When you add Trevor's story to it, the way that they've now been, collectively working together that lineup of story endeavors and you have Bogarts and JD Martinez I mean that four is an elite four right there let's be honest it's hard for me not to see that team make a move at the deadline and if their offense produces the way it has been I think that they're going to send up the standings I know it's been ugly at the start I know people have already talked about well they may trade Xander Bogarts but you know, it goes back to the whole Washington Nationals and Atlanta Braves thing for me. I just don't see this team being out of contention until it is all said and done. Yeah, I, I do agree that I, I think they could be a playoff team. But, yeah, I, I like my I, – I got the Yankees before the season at 2-1 to one to win the division, so I'm not going to hedge here at all. I also had Tampa Bay over 89.5, which that just feels like a system play at this point, just continuously – take the Rays over win total. They throw out all these relievers. They're great. Andrew Kittredge gets hurt. J.P. Fireisen is just unbelievable. And um, Jason Adam looks really good. And, you know, Wander Franco's cooled off a little bit, so that is a bit concerning. But you have Manuel Margot breaking out, looking like the former top prospect that he was. So I like those a lot. Moving over to the AL Central, you had the White Sox at minus 195. They're currently losing the division to the Twins, um, who I took as my division. At plus 475. Uh, we also, for other bets on this one, you had Detroit over 77.5. White Sox over 91.5. I agreed with you on Detroit. That's not looking good for us. I also had Detroit to make the playoffs. Not looking good for me. And I had Kansas City over 74.5, and they look like maybe the worst team in the American League. So uh, are you going to add any hedges or anything to the AL Central? I, I think that I'm sticking with the White Sox. Uh, if I can get them at better odds, then absolutely I'm taking them. But uh, – you know, I, I think at the end of the day, the White Sox I, 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 or the, uh, the Tigers, I wish I could get rid of because that is just looking awful at this time. So, yeah, I'll take the White Sox at minus 125 is where they sit right now. Uh, I had the White Sox over 91 and a half. I'm just going to stick with that because I think that they're going to be able to do that, uh, especially when Eloy Jimenez comes back. This is a good team. Great pitching. They've been without Lance Lynn. I think that they're still going to reach that total of 93, 94 wins. That's kind of where I see them sitting. It's just been a rough initial start for them. As for the Tigers, they've been awful. I don't think they're anywhere near the 77 and a half wins that we were talking about. 
No, not at all. They they haven't had enough of the pitching depth. Tark Skubal has been really good, but the guys behind him haven't done as much as they've needed to. The lineup has been atrocious. Spencer Torkelson has really struggled. I think there's some signs that he's going to be picking it up soon. I, I think there's still some encouraging stuff there. So I still like him long-term, but I don't love him long-term. And yeah, they, they have some holes in the lineup. I got the Twins plus 475 to start. I still agree with you that I do think the White Sox are going to win the division. I just loved the value there for that pick. So I'm not going to touch this one at all. I'm just going to leave what I had in the AL Central. On to the AL West, you had Seattle plus 450. They're over 83 and a half. I had them to make the playoffs. That is not looking good for either of us. You also had Oakland under 70 and a half, which they've been a little feisty. That I think will end up being close. But once we get to the deadline, they're going to be trading guys away, and that'll help you on that one. I also had Seattle over. And uh, I had the Texas over of 74 and a half, which they started really slow. They're kind of picking it up a little, though Marcus Simeon continues to struggle for them. And I don't know if that would be like a buy low candidate for you. It's not really for me. I'm just kind of expecting it to stay low. Uh, but are you doing any AL West changes? Man, the Mariners just bother me, man. Why does this keep happening year after year? I you want to double down? You can get them at 25 to 1. Absolutely not. I want nothing to do with them this year. I, I'm amazed because Jared Kelenic was just awful in his time in the MLB. Uh, you had pulled out a stat in our little group chat about how bad Kelenic's been in AAA, too. So who knows if he'll ever make his return back to the MLB this season. If there's one glimmering hope for the Mariners, it's that they're getting Kyle Lewis back, and Kyle Lewis was just mashing at AAA. So I'm curious to see what happens there, if he can maybe bring back the glory days of what you saw in 2020. But this team is not good. Robbie Ray has, you know, when he's actually been on, the team has not given him any run support. And when they've given him run support, he's been terrible. So it just the, – the pieces are not coming together well for them. Ty France is maybe the one positive takeaway overall from this team. I, I want nothing to do with them at this time. It, it, this is a two-horse race. It's the Astros and the Angels. And based off of recent history, based off of just overall franchise success – I'd have to go with the Astros. At any odds, you give me whatever they have at the day of recording, and that's what I'm taking right now. So that's Houston minus 310. Uh, you get the Angels at plus 240. I thought about it for a bit here, but I got the Astros minus 180 before the season, so I'm just going to let it slide on that one. They are uh, just so good. They're just a machine. They're second in the MLB and ERA right now. They just have such good pitching depth. And now that Christian Javier moved over to the starting uh, position where he was for a bit. I, I love that dude. I think he's so good. Um, I think Kyle Tucker has room for improvement going up. Alex Bregman has room for improvement. I think he's better than a uh, 230 hitter. You could argue Michael Brantley is even better than what he's hitting, which is 283, because usually we see him at 300. Yuli Gurriel has struggled. Uh, you know, I, 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 they've been kind of buoyed by Jordan Alvarez and Jeremy Pena um, and Jose Altuve that I think there is room for even more improvement from the offense, which is already 10th in the MLB and OPS, so it's good enough. I just like the Astros. You just Everything they do, they just continue to win at a high level. So I'm not going to touch that one as well as I have been boring so far and not made any hedges. Okay, on to the American League as a whole. Who wins the American League? Uh, once again, we're back into the pit, the pit of the Seattle Mariners, who you got at 18-1. to 1 to win the American League, and that does not look great. Now, outside of the betting, because part of the betting was you're taking into account value and stuff. If we were just doing straight picks, you pick the White Sox over the Mariners. So the White Sox, that one could still end up good. Um, 
are you, I'm not even going to ask, are you going to do any changes? What change are you going to do? Yeah, the Mariners' odds there are just brutal if you think about it now. Like 18 to 1 at this time, I believe looking they're at 55 it, to 1. They're 55 to 1. So three times. The, the team that I actually sticks out, and I'm going straight value right here. I, I got to roll with my gut, which is what I've come with from the very start. I, I think the Boston Red Sox are going to be sneaky once again. They're right now 20 to 1 odds, and I think that's a great value because if they do turn it on, if they do acquire a piece of the deadline, let me just throw this name out there. Imagine if the Red Sox go out and they get a Frankie Montas or if they get a Luis Castillo, right? Or maybe a name that we're not even aware of that's available yet. I mean, they get one starter. They are a scary playoff team because that lineup thrives day in, day out. They face the Yankees so often that, you know, that's probably their biggest competition. They beat them once. They knocked them out last year. I, I don't know. I, I can never sleep on the Red Sox. I, I have a hard time doing that. And they're the kind of team that I see ascending. I would throw my money at them now while those odds are 20 to 1. That's not bad. I thought you were going to go with the White Sox. So you had as your straight pick because now is the time to get them for this. Before the season started, they were running on 4 to 1, 5 to 1 to win the American League, which is why I didn't take them. I had the Yankees over the White Sox in my straight pick. But both those teams had such low odds. I took the Rays at plus 800, which I feel great about the value there for the Tampa Bay Rays. They're at 850 now, so it's not that far off. I just still love the value there. I'm going to go with the White Sox. They're plus 850 right now, which, again, is basically double of what they were before the season started. Once they get everyone healthy, I think they could be a team that peaks at the right time, which would be kind of opposite what they did last year. They kind of limped into the postseason. I like the odds there of plus 850 as opposed to going with like the Yankees at plus 250, the Astros at plus 330. It's just, there's not a ton of value there. Uh, what about the AL awards? You had Shohei Otani at plus 350, and you had Kyle Tucker as more your long shot at 30 to 1. Who are you going to add? Yeah, I Where mean, are you? I, I look at it now, and I would love to add Mike Trout because Mike Trout looks like the favorite. But the only issue is I still have a really hard time with believing that he's going to stay healthy. Uh, we've seen this time and time again. I'm going to stick with my guns here. I think that Shohei Otani is going to once again, you know, just basically be the guy that actually lasts this season. And I'm kind of making the assumption that Trout does get hurt at some point in time. But let's be honest, Aaron Judge, the way that he's been playing right now, how do you beat that guy? If he's going to stay healthy, Judge is on pace right now to beat Roger Maris's record. So with that, the, the odds, I believe, at this time, and I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding the odds for Aaron Judge, I would imagine it's somewhere around 300 or maybe even less than that. But that's, that's plus 400. Yeah, I'm taking that. I'm taking Aaron Judge. I, I think that he keeps this up. I am going to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's not slumping, but he's not hitting to what we're used to seeing. He's plus 1,200 right now. Before the season, it was him and Otani as the favorites. He was going around three, 400. I think there's value there. And the way that the Blue Jays are kind of just like surfacing right above 500, Bo Bichette has really struggled. They've got two great pitchers uh, up top, but like Jose Barrios and some of the other guys have, have had issues so far early this season. There's a world where the Blue Jays just get really hot in the second half and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. leads that and they make the playoffs. And they're one of the hottest teams and he just goes off and that you're getting great value there. And Aaron Judge or Mike Trout, they could get injured. So I'm going to go with Vladdy at plus 1,200, adding on to what I had in the preseason, which was Byron Buxton at 25-1 to 1 and Jordan Alvarez at 28-1. to 
to one. In the Cy Young, you had Robbie Ray at nine to one, Logan Gilbert at seventy to one. Again, hitting up that Seattle Mariners well. Yeah, I hate myself. Um, there's no other way to put it. I really threw a ton into the Mariners side, and I, uh, I, I really sit here and I, I, you know, at the start of the year, I thought Robbie Ray was going to have even more success because, man, he looked so dang good. Uh, he really did. But I, I felt like, you know, going to a pitcher's park and playing on a team that I felt like was going to be better this year than they were a year ago. It just seemed obvious almost to me, but it clearly is not that way. And that, that honestly, if there's one lesson to learn from here, it shows you that everything that happened the season before that does not dictate at all what's going to happen in the following season. Right. So learn the lesson in that sense that, you know, whatever happens the prior year, you got to realize it's a brand new year. It's new players that are going to step up. And with that being said, Justin Verlander has looked really good at this time. And that's probably my pick right now for the Cy Young. And I'm just going to stick with that. I think that Justin Verlander is the guy that's going to walk away with this. What a year he's had. And on top of that, not only is he going to win Cy Young, he is also going to win comeback player of the year. Now, Verlander, currently the favorite, he is plus 500, which honestly, those are still good odds considering he is the favorite. I had Lucas Giolito at 10 to 1. Uh, Frankie Montas at 20 to 1. I'm going to add Garrett Cole at plus 800. Uh, right now, you can get him a little further down the board because it hasn't been like vintage Garrett Cole. But man, he's still really good overall. Strikeout numbers aren't quite there, what we're used to seeing, but it's still like over a 10K per nine. I, uh, I, I'm worried a little, like, will, we'll, you know, because the guys in front of him right now are Kevin Gossman, who we saw Gossman kind of fade in the second half last year. The guy right next to him is Dylan Cease, who I really like Dylan Cease, but I don't expect him to keep up this pace necessarily. Um, I think that Garrett Cole is the answer for me, but I am very tempted to put something on Shane McClanahan at 10 to 1, but I'm going to stick with Garrett Cole at 8 to 1 there. Uh, rookie of the year, you had Julio Rodriguez at plus 450, Josh Lau, or Lowe, Rays have messed me up there, at 25 to 1. I had Bobby Witt at plus 310 and Reed Detmers at 20 to 1. Are you adding anyone? You know, I, I, at this time, it's hard to say because we still haven't really had a chance to see all the major call-ups yet. Um, who knows what Adley Rutschman's about to do, too. I think that that's going to be kind of the big name a lot of us are going to be watching over time. I'm pretty content with who I've stuck with. I think Julio Rodriguez right now, at the very least, he's put up numbers that could dictate that he should win that. I mean, the stolen bases, 12 stolen bases already on the season. He's hitting 272. He's starting to get his slugging numbers up. The only other guy that really at this time maybe is sticking out is Jeremy Pena, um, in my opinion, at this moment. And so I, I think Julio Rodriguez, just from a talent level, is better. I think I'm going to stick with mine. Yeah, Rodriguez has gone up from plus 450 to plus 350. He's second, only behind Jeremy Pena at plus 250. But I like Rodriguez long-term more than Pena, so I'd be fine with sticking with those value. Uh, I, don't, I don't love – Bobby Witt hasn't had the greatest start. I still think he's going to have a hot streak here. Reed Detmers has been pretty good. I'm going to add Shane Boz. He is running at 60-1 to 1 right now, and I get it. He's going to have way less time to do it. But Rookie of the Year is an award that – you know, you don't have to have as much of the innings pitched or games started. If he gives a really good 100 innings for the Rays and he's on a playoff team, like, I, I think he's got a shot at it. I don't know if he can actually win it, but at 60-1, to one, I'm fine taking a flyer 
on uh, him. Okay, what, over what to – What odds do we have for uh, Grayson? Grayson Rodriguez is running at 55 to 1. By the way, Adley is 15 to 1. I would add Grayson to mine just simply because I think that there's going to be a starting role for him here. Uh, they put Watkins on the IL. I, I think it's imminent that he gets called up. And the way that Grayson was pitching down the stretch uh, in the minors, it looks like he's going to get an immediate call. And, you know, the moment he gets called up, I, I don't expect him to be an immediate send down, right? I think that he's going to stay up for the MLB team for the long term. And, uh, you know, just from that perspective, 55 to 1 odds, I will take that any day. On to the National League. We'll start in the NL East. You had the Braves winning the division at plus 120. The Phillies over 85 and a half. The Marlins over 77 and a half. Both those could end up pretty close. We'll see. Uh, are you doing anything in the NL East? Uh, it it's, feels like it's the Mets division to lose right now. But you know what? I'm going to stick with every bet that I have just simply because the Mets always find a way to be the Mets and the injuries, the starting rotation have me a little concerned. Um, those losses to the giants, I really think could be emotional losses that maybe down the stretch really hurt them. DeGrom has not thrown a pitch uh, yet in terms of just even getting in his rehab. Max Scherzer out six to eight weeks. You got McGill that's injured. I, I have a really hard time you know, seeing the Mets losing this division. But at the same time, I have seen worse. I, I've seen the Mets do this kind of thing over and over. And so uh, the Braves, you know, a year ago, we counted them out. Right now, what are our odds with the Braves? The Braves are currently sitting at plus 255, which is second to the Mets at minus 200. See, and I had them at plus 120 odds. And so, you know, I, I would obviously pay, take them at the, uh, the current odds that we're given. But uh, I'm not taking the Mets. I, I think that I'm just going to stick with the Braves. I think that, you know, you got to trust the fact that they've got pitchers coming back, a.k.a. Mike Soroka should be back in a little bit. Um, I, I think it, it's hard for me to count out this team right now. They're hitting a really tough streak, but they're a championship team. And as far as I'm concerned, championship teams, they find ways to win. And I will not count them out until the season's over. I have the Phillies at plus 330. I'm not going to double down at that. They're 8-1 to one now. They're kind of inconsistent. Bryce Harper's dealing with, you know, he can't play in the field, so their outfield defense isn't very good. I am just going to take the Mets to win the division at minus 200. But there is a little part of me that's like, ooh, Washington Nationals at plus 90,000 where I can get them <laughs> at 900 to 1 odds. Why not? Throw a dollar on it. The trade for Juan Soto that everybody's talking about, that's what's going to spark that one right there. Yeah, the Red Sox give up Xander Bogarts and Alex Verdugo and a bunch of prospects for Juan Soto, and then they just go on this hot streak and win the World Series. Who knows? 2019 all over again. NL <laughs> <laughs> uh, Central, we both had the Cardinals to win the division at plus 210. Are you changing up anything with the Brewers currently leading Central? No, I'm going to stay with the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have had a little bit of injury history issues. The Tyler O'Neill going on the IL. Uh, you know, we expected Tyler O'Neill to be kind of the guy that vaulted that lineup. Let's be honest. They have not one but two MVP candidates right now. That's Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Both the way that they've been hitting, I, I you know, they're two players that have been really key cogs in the middle of their respective lineups in Arizona and Colorado. And now they're together, and even without Tyler O'Neill, they're still producing at a high level. Tommy Edmonds looked really good. Uh, Juan Yepes slowing down a little bit, but still a, a somewhat of a breakout candidate, if you will. I think the Cardinals are going to make another move at the deadline, um, and the Brewers losing Freddie Peralta 
I think that's going to be detrimental to their rotation, which has been super good so far. I, I cannot take anything away from them. But the Brewers have this history where they really don't go out and make moves at the deadline that influence and help that team. And the Cardinals do. The Cardinals do that. And so I think from a winning standpoint, the Cardinals are always, just from a front office side, much more into it. And I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, and Brandon Woodruff, weirdly enough, like hasn't been – he's not been like terrible, but he hasn't been like great. Now, Corbin Burns has been. But, yeah, with Peralta out um, – Cardinals have maybe the best defense in the MLB. They've got a really good lineup. You mentioned Edmund. He's killing it right now. How about Nolan Gorman coming up? If he can add something, if Dylan Carlson ever figures it out, like that adds something. I really like what the Cardinals are, so much so that even though the odds aren't that much better, it's plus 245. We got them at plus 210. I do want to double down on it because of the fact that I am so high on them. But by the way, the bet of the century, we both had it. Uh, congratulations to us. I, I already feel like we should pop the champagne on this one. Cincinnati under 74 and a half. What a win. Round of oh, double down, Cheers triple down, quadruple mm-hmm. down. Yeah, the Cincinnati Reds, they suck. I'm going to follow suit with you, actually. I'm going to double down on the Cardinals, too, because I'm that convinced that they're going to win the division as well. I, uh, You know, the Brewers are a good team. I think that they're a possible playoff team. And because of the fact that division is so weak outside of the top two, they probably will get a playoff spot but I think the Cardinals win the division and I actually don't think it's going to be that close by the end of the year I I could see it being a good five to six games of separation uh, in which the Cardinals win the division ML West we both had the Dodgers to win it at minus 220 the Dodgers over 98 and a half that we both took that that might end up being pretty close Um, I had the Padres over 89 and a half feeling good there you had Giants over 85 and a half I think you should feel good there how about the Rockies over 68 and a half? Speaking of a great bet, that looks like a fantastic one early on in the season. Are you going to add anything to the NL West? You know what's funny about that Rockies bet? The only reason why I did that was because they had acquired Chris Bryant. And I could not have been more wrong about Chris Bryant, but CJ Crone has just helped make that bet look so much better than uh, I ever thought it could be. So, yeah, the Rockies are probably closer to a, a 75-80 win team, so I should probably win that one pretty easily. I would double down in that in a heartbeat. Uh, I feel great about the Giants. I, I'm going to double down on the Dodgers. Uh, I think that they're going to win the division, and um, ultimately, you know, it's going to be close with the Padres, I do think. But the Dodgers, I feel good actually about every bet that I made here. If I could add anything additionally to doubling down, I would take the Padres making the playoffs. I think that that's, that's a team I had a hard time reading at the start of the year. And uh, now I kind of believe that that's going to be an automatic at this time. I'm going to add the Giants making the playoffs. You can get them at minus 170 right now. I think that's just lower because of the fact that they've had some struggles. You get swept by the Padres. I still think they're a good team. They still have some injury issues like Brandon Belt going on the IL, Lamont Wade dealing with a knee injury. And you look at like the, the FIP, which I know FIP is not a predictive measure, but it's an indication of, of kind of how well you're pitching. It's one of the top three in baseball, yet the ERA is one of the worst in baseball. And the BABIP against is one of the worst in baseball. It's funny. I saw uh, somebody post on, on Twitter. It was a comparison of like uh, FIP, XERA, ground ball rate, strand rate, like all these things. And it compared last year's Logan Webb, who we know was unbelievable, to this year's Alex Cobb. And they were like exactly the same. The only difference was that Logan Webb had a sub three ERA and Alex Cobb has like a plus five ERA right now. So it's just like, I I think they're a little unlucky right now. 
I actually don't mind it. You know, if you end up peaking at the right time, you get a wild card, you're in a tough division anyway, get a wild card, you know, upset someone in the division round, get rolling and, and let's see what we can do from there. But I'm going to take the uh, Giants to make the playoffs at minus 170 and I'll leave the Dodgers one because I don't want to double down. The odds are minus 260, though. That's not that much worse than the minus 220. Okay, on to who we think is going to win the NL. Straight up, you had the Dodgers over the Braves. Um, straight up, I had the Dodgers over the Mets. But betting-wise, to take into account value, you took the Cardinals at 16-1. to 1. I took the Mets at 6-1. to 1. Are you going to add anything? No, I feel pretty good about all that. Um, I, I don't think the Braves are going to make it to the NLCS, but if I'm going to stick with my prior point that I still don't feel terrible about the fact that I had them at plus odds to win the division and, uh, you know, I, I don't 100% trust the Mets, I'm just going to let this sit as it may. I do think that maybe the NLCS at this time will be the Dodgers over the Cardinals. Uh, that feels better. Or I'll one-up that and say the Dodgers over the Padres. I feel like that actually may be what it ends up becoming. Uh, but ultimately, I feel good about this. I feel pretty good about the Mets. I, I just hope they can get healthy by that time. If you tell me DeGrom and Scherzer in the playoffs, then I feel great about it. I'm going to add St. Louis. You can actually get them at the exact same odds as preseason, 16 to 1. So I'm going to do that with you. I just The one thing that has to happen to me for that to be a real thing, I mean, you mentioned like Boston being a team that logically would make sense for – Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas. And I don't know, maybe the Reds wouldn't want to trade Castillo interdivisionally. Well, let's say it's Frankie Montas. The, the Cardinals could use that other pitcher. Miles Michaelis and Dakota Hudson continue to put up good numbers, but they'd be better if they were your three and four, or if they were your four or five. Jordan Hicks has kind of been inconsistent. They could use another starting pitcher. And if they add that to that defense, to that lineup, and then the thing that I was just going to say, they need one of three guys between Nolan Gorman who had like a 30% strikeout rate in AAA, but when he wasn't striking out, was smashing the ball. So we'll see, because if he strikes out too much, it's not going to matter. Um, between him, between Dylan Carlson, between Juan Yepes, like one of those three has to continue to be a mainstay in the lineup. Or maybe it's just Tyler O'Neill coming back and playing like the guy that you were kind of talking about that we expect him to kind of be in the lineup that can help them. And if that happens, I think they could absolutely win a World Series this season, and obviously in route, win the National League. Okay, into the uh, NL awards. Matt Olson was riding at 22-1. to 1. You got him, and you got Manny Machado at 35-1. to 1. I got Machado as well at 35-1. to 1. I took Tyler O'Neill at 30-1. to 1. That one is a lost cause. But, um, you know, it doesn't mean that Manny Machado is going to end up winning the MVP, and it's still so early in the season. But I am so excited that we both took this guy at 35-1. to 1. He is now the NL MVP favorite at 3-1. to 1. How did we do that? Like, what, what in our mind? I, I think it was just the situation that Tatis was out. I will say this, okay? Tyler O'Neill is not a lost cause. I know he's been awful at the start of the year. but I just me, meant for MVP. Le, well, let me remind you. Matt Carpenter, a few years back, was awful. Put up terrible numbers. His second half was so explosive that it, that got him right in the running right there. You saw Joey Votto last season. Same thing. What if Tyler O'Neill comes back? And he does what we expect him to do. You give him the plate appearances roughly that he had last year. He could still put up 30-plus home runs. He could steal bases. You just never know. It's so early in the year that things can get flipped on you before you realize it. So, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you that is not a horrible bet. I, I still don't think it's bad. But if there's one other name that I'm going to throw out there, it's Mookie Betts. I think Mookie Betts uh, definitely in consideration at this time. He looks back like the old Mookie that we all – 
know that we all kind of expected production-wise from. He's still in his prime. That's the other name that I would probably throw out there. But, yeah, I feel great about the Manny Machado bet. I'm going to throw a dart. Corbin Burns is currently the favorite to win Cy Young. And if the Brewers end up winning that division, and, you know, the lineup actually has been performing pretty well considering, you know, Rowdy Telez has been off to a really good start. Christian Yelich has looked a lot better. Um, but with Freddie Peralta injured, Brandon Woodruff struggling, let's say Corbin Burns continues to do this, what he's doing, except takes it to another level. And he is by far the Cy Young winner. And I don't know what happens if, you know, uh, I guess – Fernando Tatis comes back and it takes away some of the shine of like Manny Machado, then all of a sudden you could get, um, you know, a situation where, I don't know, at a hundred to one odds for Corbin Burns. I just love those odds. So I will take that. Okay. Uh, what is your Cy Young? You had Walker Bueller at eight to one, Adam Wainwright at 80 to one. I had Corbin Burns at seven to one, Julio Urias, who I don't know if that looks great at 20 to one. I'm not going to touch it. Having Burns, are you going to add anything? I'm going to go with Pablo Lopez. He's looked really, really good. I know that this is maybe a little bit of an outlier, but out of consistency purposes and just basically based off of the fact that I like to go with guys that are going to give me better value, I'm going to stick with Pablo Lopez. He's looked really efficient uh, on the hill. It's unfortunate that the fish – for the efficiency that he's uh, been pitching for. They have not been playing up to par with maybe what I had hoped, but he's looked as good as any pitcher in the league. Um, If he keeps his ERA down the way that he has, if he continues to throw quality start after quality start, that's who I'm trusting right now. Yeah, the Marlins have been weird because they're like plus 14 in run differential, but they're a handful of games below 500. I – you know I'm a sucker for uh, Pablo Lopez and those Marlins pitchers, so I'm all about that. On to Rookie of the Year. We both took O'Neill Cruz at 4-1, to one, and then the Pirates decided to leave him in the minors where he stays because he continues to struggle mightily in the minor leagues at this point in time. So our long shot picks, you took Bobby Miller at 75-1, to one, which I don't know if you're wishing right now you would have took Ryan Pepio instead, but uh, I got Mackenzie Gore at 35-1, to one, which I'm feeling good about because right now he is second in the odds at plus 380. Yeah, I'm not feeling bad about Bobby Miller just because Pepio does not look very good anyways. I I still think that, you know, sometimes the actual rookie of the year is not handed out until these guys do get these later call-ups. So, yeah, O'Neal Cruz doesn't feel very good to me at this time. I'm not feeling great about that. I'm not going to say I'm upset with the Bobby Miller pick just yet because the Dodgers are definitely going to need some innings from other guys. And the way that Pepio's been pitching – Maybe they will give Bobby Miller that call sooner than we expect, and that might play a role at this time. You would imagine that Juan Yepes would be kind of the favorite right now or pretty close to that. He's third. Yeah, so he's pretty close to the, the top there in terms of success. I, I have a hard time because it's so hard to predict this kind of stuff, right? Like, we're still very much waiting on these names to be called up, and, and maybe O'Neal Cruz won't get called up till much later. But I'm literally just going to sit and wait this one out because I think that there's not enough for me to look at in terms of the on-the-paper statistics at this time that makes me lean any other way than where we're at right now. Yeah, um, I guess you could take a flyer on Max Meyer. He might be up soon. He's 40-1. to I wouldn't mind that. Nolan Gorman at 10-1 to if he can get it going. But again, as I said earlier, I am a little hesitant there because of that 30% strikeout rate in AAA. I do like Juan Yepes. So, I mean, Seiya Suzuki is the favorite at plus 165. Just makes a lot of sense. 
Alec Thomas at plus 950 makes a ton of sense. He's going to get that's so much one. playing time. That's a really um, good one right there. I like that. I like Juan Yepes. I liked what he's shown. He's shown versatility, being able to play a lot of different positions, hits for power. He's going to be on a team that I think is going to be real contenders. We've talked about here. I'm going to be plus 950. So I'm going to add him to the list. But I'm really loving my Mackenzie Gore one at 35 to 1 uh, so far. Okay, there's a new one that's been added. Um, it is the best record in the MLB and you can just, it's, it's that simple. You can bet on who has the best record in the MLB. Who are you taking? I'm going to take the LA Dodgers. I think that they're going to have to win as many games as possible to the point where they're not going to have any throwaway games at the end of the year. The Padres are going to be right on their tail. Um, for the Yankees purposes, they may be stuck in the same situation just with the Toronto Blue Jays, my opinion. I think the Red Sox are going to be there. I think the Rays are going to be there too. Um, so those two teams are going to have an incentive to play as hard as possible all 162 games. Uh, as far as the Cardinals, they are not going to win enough games for me to really care on that end. And the East Coast, NL East, is just a toss-up. Um, AL West is interesting because you could make an argument the Astros actually should be in the running for this thing. But I also think that their games with the Angels will be split. The Astros oftentimes will kind of play down to their competition within the division. So I'm not 100% feeling great about that one. I'm going to stick with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's a good one. I They're plus 250. I just like the fact that the Yankees are a little lower there, plus 330, a little more value. It does scare me, to your point on the schedule and who you play. The Yankees have it tough playing in the NLE or AL East. But um, I just I, I think there's so much of a wagon for the regular season. When you look at that bullpen, when you add in the fact that they have all these boppers, Aaron Judge looking like an MVP. So um, I will go with the Yankees, I guess, plus 330, but I don't love it. Are you going to add anything to your World Series pick? You took the Dodgers over the White Sox straight, but you took the White Sox at 11-1. to 1. You took long shots on the Cardinals at 30-1, to 1, the Mariners at 40-1, to 1, which, again, I am so sorry about. You can get them at 110-1 to 1 if you want nice. them there. Nice. Yeah, in real life, I actually bet on the Mariners, so I deserve this completely. Um, you know what? Just for the sake of the argument that I've had all day – I'm just going to continue this on. I'm going to say, let's give me the Red Sox as a, you know, crazy outlier pick. Let, let's look at this real quickly, okay? They made it to the Final Four last year. They looked like a possible championship team in the AL, and they went against an Astros team that played better than them in the ALCS. That's really what it came down to. If this team gets hot, they can beat anybody. I'm convinced, especially because I'm assuming they're going to make a move at the deadline to really help get that rotation back to where you know that it can be. Um, I, I fully believe that the Red Sox will be a scary team come October. And so because of that, I, I know the odds are going to be, at least at this time, pretty solid. And what it looks like right now, 45 to 1 odds, give me that. I'm tempted to put the Cardinals, but I already have put enough on them at 40 to 1. So I'll just leave it. I had the Dodgers at 5 to 1. I took a long shot on the Phillies at 22 to one. Again, that one doesn't totally look great. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, any other predictions for this upcoming season as we uh, enter the second of the four quarters? It's interesting to kind of look at some of the breakout candidates that we've had so far in the year, but I think it's important to note that it's still just May, right? And so we can draw easy conclusions. This guy sucks. This guy is not good. This guy is the best hitter we've ever seen. And the season can really flip on you 
once the summer and the dog days come and once guys get healthy, once guys get hurt. I mean, there is so much action that is ahead of us right now that I guarantee you, you know, we're looking at these now and we're already making these assumptions, right? We're not even a full two months into the season. So if you have a guy that's really trended south early on, or if you have a guy that's really exploded early on, don't assume that that's how it's going to be in even a month from now, right? Trevor Story is the perfect example of that. He was absolutely awful at the start of this year. He was absolutely terrible. And the way that one week has transformed a season, I mean, that, that's what can happen to any player at this time. Cattell Marte, I sold on him probably what I thought was his height, and now all of a sudden it doesn't look like it was that awful of a trade. I traded him for Carlos Rodon, who was at that time – arguably a Cy Young candidate, right? And then he gets destroyed by the Cardinals in one game. So one game, one week, one series, that can change the course for any of these guys. Um, If I'm looking at it from any perspective here in terms of kind of last season to this season, I I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has struggled a little bit, I guess, recently. I think he's going to come into his own just fine. I think that's going to be a guy that's going to be just fine down the stretch. I think Ozzy Albies will figure it out um, coming down the stretch to you. He's too good of a hitter not to have that figure out. I think Aaron Judge keeps this going. Trout keeps this going. Um, the one that I'm intrigued by overall, players that I'm very, very intrigued by watching, Pete Alonzo. Uh, Pete Alonzo sticks out to me because he's hitting for average and for power, and he's in the middle of a really good lineup. Uh, Brandon Nemo. Kind of another name that sticks out there too. The Mets, to me, are the guys to keep an eye on because they've got a lot of these guys that are hard to figure out. Jeff McNeil, they're going to be the team that I monitor the most down the stretch. Well said. He is Dusty Baker. I'm Derek Johnson. That's going to go for this edition of Booze and Baseball. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Give us a five-star review. You can follow us at Booze and Baseball on Twitter. See you next time.